Coming up on TMS, plenty of cocks with Amy. Bad Utah connection. I don't like whizzy cheese. Eat it on a flip-flop in the clip-clop. Babies do well in car accidents because they're drunk. Chuck's hairy arms. Stonehenge closes in 30 minutes. Cheese Yoda style. I'm Irish. I know things. Up or down on the sheep? I want to go in your sleep. <laughs> Chevy Fieri, the one with all the accessories. Go to Philly, see its crack. Naked muddy flaps. Resting brain face with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. This year, Commodore's family pack is more value than ever. You get an education in computers with the new Commodore 64, all these extras, plus four very realistic games, like Le Mans Formula One Racing, One Day Cricket Match, and the Armchair Official America's Cup Computer Game. The new Commodore 64 Family Pack, $499, keeping you ahead in the game of life. This is the morning stream. Behave yourselves. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to TMS. It is Thursday, May 26th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Brian Ibbett. Hello. Hello, Brian Ibbett, on the eve Happy, of your trip to Philadelphia. On the eve where... of another, another trip, another uh, another month, Scott, another trip. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> do they have the, uh, they got the be- the big bell, the cracked bell, or is that somebody they else? They do. It's called the Liberty Bell, and it's uh, there in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, that's not the cracked bell? That's not the it's name? It's not the cracked bell. Oh. Uh, I remember when our forefathers uh, cracked the bell for <laughs> independence. and. Oops. Uh, are you guys going to see that, do you think? Or what do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because Tina's okay. never been to Philly. I've been to Philly. I've seen the bell. I've seen its crack. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen Independence Hall. I've seen the, the love sculpture. I've seen uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone in bronze at the top of the uh, the art museum steps. <laughs> Running up where there. He, where yeah. he ran up there, exactly, and then was immortalized. And then he froze because uh, he looked at the... He looked directly at the art museum and uh, froze, and uh, is now there forever. Yeah, he's never, it's never, bronze. never going away. Unfortunately, that's right. Yep. Uh, so the other thing, I was going to say something else about uh, Philly. Uh, it was yeah. this. Oh, any fandom in the family for like 76ers or Eagles or any of that? Any sports love? Uh, no. 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 Okay. No. So none of that matters. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, unless they look like you know, unless they're an easy bet on uh, some weekend when I'm <laughs> placing bets. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. I have no allegiances, sir. Nope. <laughs> what if you? Uh, what if you're walking down the street? I'm trying to think who's famous. Oh, what if uh, uh, the the fresh air lady? Uh, uh, uh-huh. Can't think of her name. She does. She uh, she records Terry out Gross. of Philadelphia. Terry Gross. What if Terry Gross suddenly uh-huh. starts walking down the streets of Philadelphia, and you'd be like, "Oh, hey, it's Terry Gross." I know what she sounds like. I don't know what she looks like. So I could I could accidentally smear some cheese whiz on her from my my wit whiz from my uh, cheese steak. Sure. And I would have no idea that uh, yep. that she's who I got. She only That's comes up to about say, your. By the way. She only comes up about your knee. By the way, she's very short. Oh, is she really short? Yeah. So yeah, when you get your Philly cheesesteak out there, yeah. uh, you say whiz wit. Oh, is and, that so? You, uh, that's that what you ask with for? Cheese whiz, whiz yeah. whiz. If you want cheese whiz on there, you say whiz whiz. So is that like saying with cheese? That's saying with cheese whiz because you can get it with cheddar or mozzarella if they have it, provolone, whatever. But uh, 
you you don't want it with any of that. Why stuff. wouldn't you, you say wit whiz instead of whiz wit? That's the weird thing. I don't know why you say whiz wit instead of wit whiz. That's weird. All right, whatever. Uh, Look, I like it's whiz wit. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the way Yoda would say it if Yoda lived. Oh, in you know what it is? Okay, I'll tell you why. Because it's not. Uh, it's un- adding onions. So when you say whiz wit, you're saying you're saying cheese whiz and wit onions. Oh, because otherwise you wouldn't cheese steak sandwich with onions want it. Oh my lord! Oh, that voice. I don't know what to do with it. It's just sitting yeah, in my head now. It's horrible. It's never it's, gonna uh, leave. It's there forever. That's uh that's a Chris Brown thing. He's he's from that area, and so he says, make sure you order your your uh, Philly cheesesteak with no onions want it. Oh my lord. All right. Well, that, uh, we're gonna have great stories. But I want it with onions. I want it whiz wit. I want it whiz cheese and whiz onions. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really weird. They just assume that it is onions because that's what else would it be? The wit is onions. Yeah. Exactly. Right. By the way, if if I don't if I don't acknowledge Claire and her all caps diatribe in the chat room, she knew whiz wit before I looked it up. She knew whiz wit meant. How does she know that? With onions. How do you know that, Claire? How's that a thing in Ireland? That sounds weird to me. Yeah, it does seem it does seem like a weird thing for her to know, right? <laughs> yeah, it really does. Maybe there was a I don't know, a, a line in some the weird, some movie. I don't know. Like, yeah, some weird wormhole opened up between uh uh Belfast or no or uh uh not Belfast. Derry. Uh, not Derry. She grew up in Derry. Well, originally in Derry, yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> wherever it is now. <laughs> between her and uh uh, it is Belfast, yeah. Between Belfast and Philadelphia, where, <laughs> where maybe there's sister heard cities. All this stuff like a are they sister cities? Maybe I don't know. That sometimes happens. It's like uh, oh, she watches she watches food videos. Oh, well, okay, so she then. watches Guy Fieri, you know, come in with his half second video cuts hmm. and say, "Oh, this cheesesteak sandwich is the." Bomb! I'd eat this on a flip flop. This is gangster. You know what you told me once? You told I think it was you. You said you talked about this like second and a half editing they do on that show or something. Yes, yes. And I remember being in a hotel uh, sometime after that, <laughs> and it occurred to me, oh, I'm watching one of these. Why don't I just kind of pay attention to the timing? So I had a little timer, and I would time, you know, how long between each, each edit. Cut. And yeah. sure enough, the longest one. And it's always the same in every episode. The longest yeah. edit is about two seconds. Yeah. And the two second ones are always when he's finally eating the thing and then right. groaning about it. And they just it. sit on his, like, chewing and his expression on his mm-hmm. face. But prior to that, it's like, all right, adding pepper, adding cheese, adding uh, salt. All right, here's a little extra water. All right, here's where we mix this all together. And it's like, shishum, 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 yeah, shishum, exactly. Shishum. Exactly. He, uh, and Tally reminds us, he is actually a legit nice guy. Yes. We're not sure. making no, fun I, of that guy. I, We're not I, talking down to him. We think he's great. But his show is a, you know, it's a fun stereotype. We have fun with it. He has fun with it, clearly. So. You he's know, the Chevy good. truck that has all the accessories on it, there basically, is what he is. There you, you go. Know, he's a, he is an absolute, genuine, decent human being, but he looked through the catalog and said, yep, uh, uh, naked girl mud flaps, uh, backlight covers, uh, sticker, uh, yeah. <laughs> Calvin Ping. Like, he's, yep. he's, the truck, he's the truck with every accessory on it. With a bed full of, full of buffalo wings. Uh, in the back, right? That's exactly. What you, that's what he's calling. Get on a flip flop. <laughs> did he ever really say he'd eat something on a flip flop? Really okay. That's one of his catchphrases. Yeah. Oh exactly. my lord! I would not eat anything on a flip flop. No, apparently. But you know, if he finds a sauce or something that he really likes, he'd eat it on a flip flop. 
Well, uh, speaking of people in some with some monicum of fame, um, some notoriety. <laughs> yeah, I just like to play. I'd like to play a a, a, um, a tribute. Oh, to, okay. To, sure. to one uh, Senator Ted Cruz. I'm not going to get into why. I'm just going to play it. Okay, so he's been in the news. He's been saying things, and this is this is what I just like to play for him. A little bit more. All right, there you go. That's oh, for you, bud. Man. Yeah. That fart door opened, and that was the problem. Is that door to that fart? Yeah, uh, just that, that one door, up, and that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, you get the one door to the fart. It's all you can do. Yeah, it's all it's just yeah, fart. Exactly. Uh, all right, um, <clears throat> we got a couple of things I want to get to this morning. In fact, uh, we'll just play this. Send and receive email. Re- uh, received a couple of emails that I thought mm, were we good follow-ups. Sure. One's from Jeff Sire, old pal in Grafton, Ontario, Canada, north of Gilead, escaping handmaids. Always welcome. He says. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, aka Bronco, says, "Hey, Scott and Brian, I just wanted to comment on something Scott said about his dental work." Uh, he says, "The quote uh, is this quote: So I freaked out for nothing because I didn't end up having to get the tooth out." Right, right. To be precise, he says, "99.9 point nine percent of our freakouts are not useful to us." Have either of you ever thought, "Well, at least I had some warning of this dire event." I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't had this incredibly useful time to worry about it. Unquote. Says Jeff Sire. Well, Mister Zen Lord yeah. freaking Buddha man, I'm glad you found that that balance. That's awesome. I think that's great. I wish I could do that more, but I, I dread I, dentist things. I just can't help it. It's a dentist, and I and I disagree. Like part of me is freaking out about this this MS150 ride next month. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, it's it's going to be grueling. It's going to be what if the weather's bad? What's blah blah blah? Um, because I'm freaking out, and Wendy will absolutely back this up mm. uh, because I'm freaking out I'm doing the things that prepare myself for the for the ride I'm doing extra long rides I went I added an extra two miles onto my ride and saw a hawk that might have wanted to drop a snake on me uh, yesterday I don't know yeah yeah but uh you know, you do all these things, and uh, it's because you're freaking out. If you go into things and say, eh, it'll all work itself out, you might not be as prepared as as you normally would be. So I think freaking out does is useful to us. You need to, you need to have some motivation. Okay, look at it this way. Public speaking is probably a good one to narrow in on, right? Very good one, yes. Let's say I'm doing... I got to get up and do an intro at Nerdtacular 2015. All right. I'm, sure. uh-huh. I'm nervous. I'm freaking out because I know I got to do it. But if Why don't I we say don't... Nerdtacular 2023 just to be safe? But uh, go ahead and let's yeah, say well, Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a doing... good point. I, you know, I really, I just loved 15. 15 was like a high point. Okay. All right. All right. Just that was loved really that year. That was Even though that was the year, year that uh, Veronica and Jury and Schwood gave you the most shit for. Uh, Oh my God! For stuff, yeah, never, they were, never they were, again. By the way, they never were terrible. Again. They were terrible that year. But anyway, they were um, so mean to me. They were. I didn't think it was fair for the record. But anyway, so uh, you know, getting up and doing that. If I was just kind of eh, whatever, it'll, I'll just get up there. Yeah. I don't think that's good. I think it's good that mm-hmm. you're a little bit like, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I want to do this right. It's going to be a lot of intense eyeballs on me. I want this to go well, and you know, I, I, I don't want to just phone it in. So I think that there's some value to that. The problem is people that catastrophize, catastra, size, catastrophize, fies, not size, fies, fies, size, fies. It is catastrophize because it's catastrophe, not catastrophe. (laughs) 
But wait, what if I want it to be catastrophe? Because that's great. That's a, that's a cool I'm name. I'm experiencing a real catastrophe right now, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just something sounds wrong about it. Anyway. Catastrophize. Uh, it just sounds weird, doesn't it? It's like, may the fourth be with you. It's throwing me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, it's it's when you do that where you're like, well, I just know this, you know, my house is going to explode tonight because I smelled uh, gas earlier or or whatever. Like as human beings, we're meant to have warning signs. We're meant to go, ah, there could be a saber tooth here. Like we've evolved to be prepared or to, or nervous. Uh, and then we act accordingly. I think what Jeff's probably getting at is, you know, we probably I do do this. I think worst case scenario, partly because I know it won't happen. But it's not good for me, you know. So he's no, he's right no. in that way. But Jeff, you got to have some, you know. You can't There's just sit some, around. Yeah, exactly. It's the uh, you know, it's the the tensing up before the fall or the the. Uh, uh, I know there is some there is some there are some benefits to some kinds of freakouts. Yeah, although if you were super stoned or drunk. And you were falling, and you didn't tense up. You might not sure. get as no. That's hurt. true. That's what they say that that's why babies do so well in car accidents because they don't tense up and they're less likely to break bones. Yeah, and the guys also the drunk, because they're much better drivers than adults. Yeah, that's true. They shouldn't. You know, they shouldn't be driving. They wreck a lot, but but yeah, uh, drunk drivers always come out cleaner usually because I hate that. But they come out mm-hmm. less hurt or less injured yes. or less dead because they tend to they tend to be more relaxed when they crash. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm coming around to you there, Jeff. Not saying everyone gets stoned or high. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, just yes. Please, please don't. Yes, find balance. By the way, life. I'm all I'm all checked in for my uh, flight. So oh, fantastic! Woo! Yes. That's great. Yeah, we'll see where I end up. I'm at, or where I mean, I know where I end up. I'm B45. So we'll see. That that's that's usually like all right. There, we're going to be near the back of the plane. I got no problem with that. Put me in the back, whatever. Yeah. As long as not the very, very, like the last row that uh, by the toilets. Thank you very much. Sure. But um, uh, we should have no problem getting either a window middle or aisle middle. So, nah, no problem. That's fine. You don't want to be next to the can, though. That's no good. I don't want to be next to the can. Like, mm. middle seat doesn't recline next to the can. Thank you very much. No. No. No, that's no, why. <laughs> it's an old uh, a joke from an old friend of mine who, you know, basically says that, uh, you know, when you're sitting there at the check in desk, Back back in the day when you always had to check in for your flight, you couldn't do it online. You had to check in at the airport yeah. for your flight. You're sitting there and they're going <laughs> on their keyboard. Uh, yes, okay. And 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 what? Uh, where are you flying to? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. A yeah. middle seat, back row, doesn't recline near the toilet. Okay, sir. Here's your ticket. Uh, yeah. And then someone does like they did to Elaine and slap a sticker on the luggage that says Hawaii and they shove it in the other <laughs> right. Well, exactly. anyway, uh, another email from Jeffrey. 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 Okay. Different, not Jeff Sire, but a Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, Jeffrey. different guy. Says, uh, hey, Scott, I talked to a friend of mine. This is about the the Target throwing all the bicycles in the All the, in the bikes dumpsters. in the dumpster, yeah. Mm-hmm. He has an explanation. He says, I talked to a friend of mine whose wife, uh, or a friend of mine's wife, who worked for a Target for several years in the 90s and early 2000s. She told me the reason they stopped donating uh, merchandise was twofold. So they actually, I guess they did, and then they stopped. Hmm. Uh, here are the reasons. First, they donated some merchandise to give away at a fundraiser for kids' organizations. One of the items broke, and a child got hurt. Target got sued for quite a lot of money and lost. The manufacturer oh, wow. couldn't be sued because the item was not sold. So I guess that makes that law different if it was sold. Uh, 
than it, than it would have been the manufacturer's liability. If mm-hmm. it's just given away by the retailer, it's theirs. That's interesting, right? Because sometimes those floor models are like those might have been floor models that they tossed in the dumpster. Yeah, they sold all of the the boxed up ones, and they can't control like what people may have done inadvertently to the floor models. That hmm. right? Yeah. There's always okay. more to this all stuff right. than we think. That's what that's what I'm learning here. There's always more, always more than you think on the surface of something. Anyway, they then go on to say, uh, secondly. At around the same time, they donated a bunch of toys to charity, which provided daycare for working mothers in an area or an inner city area. Uh, what they uh, had found was that daycare had allowed the kids to take the toys home in boxes and the parents returned them to Target for full refunds. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know what? Fine. Well, it's like, <laughs> That's really I mean, funny. that kind of sucks for Target, but uh, yeah. Uh, what that tells me wow. is people need money. Is what that tells me. It tells me people need money and maybe maybe target before they donate need yeah. to do something to the box like cross out the UPC code or something that. Uh, yeah. Listen, targets targets uh, return policy is notoriously uh, easy to to fudge anyway. Oh, there was yeah. some comedian who once said, uh, "You can take things that you can't you can't even buy at Target back to Target for a refund." Yeah, they'll swap. They're they're pretty they're pretty open about that stuff. Uh, yeah. he, he finishes by saying at that point, the corporation decided to only make cash donations to charities. Um, I think I understand all that, but if I were target, I'd lobby for a change in that law about liability yeah. because it still feels like it's wasteful. Like so like wasteful. Those, yeah. those bikes could have easily been given and something you just do something. Maybe you donate them to a, a bike store that can check them out, like make sure they're good and not damaged or going to cause problems. Yeah. And then that bike store donates them and, and you know, and then you guys split the, split the tax write off or something. Yeah. I don't something. Know. I don't know what there's, there's gotta be a solution that isn't throwing them all in a dumpster. Let's just yeah, see. Exactly. It's just so wasteful. And that, that just comes down to a, probably just a regulatory slash law problem. So mm-hmm. fix that and you're golden or uh, give them to Walmart. Maybe Walmart wants to sell sure. them, you know? Sure. Maybe just give it yeah. to your lesser cousin Walmart and let them uh, deal with it. How about that? Your lesser cousin. Uh, Brian, so we do Tadpooly yes. Feud on Wednesdays, and I Ew. guess, you know, we're at the end of a line on, on our current survey, so... Pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I've, got one, I've got one question left that I can use. Technically, I've got two, but I'm going to be honest. One of them is is going to be difficult to use as much as I would like to. You want to know what it is? I'm mm. not going to I'm not going to end up using it. Okay, what is it? The question is name your favorite Scott Johnson metaphor. Oh. Now this was submitted by a by a listener and then I put it in the last survey, not the current survey. Yeah. But the last survey. And there's so much in here. Number one, 594 answers and 200 and uh, almost 300 people passed. So uh, about half of the people passed answering this question or put something like too many to think of. I can't remember any. And then a lot of people just decided ah, metaphor ah, that means anything. So like that really burns my cheese is a, <laughs> yeah. Or great. My cheese yeah. or I think burns so my cheese put, is when I say all the time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people put something relating to plums Oh. Uh, which is, uh, that is a metaphor, right? Having no plums or leaving no plums is kind of a metaphor of something. I guess so. It's more of a, just more of a repeat a, of the riddle. Riddle, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. both somehow somebody felt was a, uh, both is not uh, a metaphor. Uh, both is a metaphor. Uh, pulling the Johnson. Okay. That's a metaphor. I'll okay. give you that. Yeah. That's uh, fine. Uh, hold on to your butts. Not a metaphor. No. 
Uh, let's see. No making out or kissing, touching butts. That's not a metaphor. It's just advice. Nope. Um, uh, the couch is burning, but you only want only want to focus on the clean windows. <laughs> it's a great, uh, you know, it's a great <laughs> metaphor. But I don't remember you ever saying that. But I believe you. Uh, oh, straw full of marbles. Great marbles. Great, oh, my uh, straw full of marbles. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, like memory. Putting the putting the horse in front of the cart. Uh-huh. You've said many times. Yeah. And <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh. Chester the Tiger, not a metaphor. Man Wiener, not a metaphor. No. Mad Max Fury Road, definitely not a metaphor. No, that's just a movie. Ship potato. That's just a free, yes. freaking movie. And a ship potato is just an angry, or is just me trying to not drop the F-bombs, all right. that is. Uh, pleasure, not a metaphor. No. Uh, fart blood. Okay, maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, so uh, parking lot tacos, not a metaphor. So the problem was going to be twofold. Number one, it was going to be trying to sort these all out into like uh you know an, an answer that would be usable yeah uh and then number two obviously the bigger problem was explaining before you guys even gave your first guess that 80 percent of the tadpole doesn't know what a metaphor is <laughs> yeah you guys struggle with that term do you since it seems like um, yeah, and anyway, these are these are just so, a list of dumb things Scott says. That's the category. Yeah, that's probably the way the question should be. Name your favorite dumb thing Scott says. Yeah, and why then, not that? Then we're, but then we need to give people a choice because otherwise there's too many variations and things that I'd have to sort through. That would have taken me hours to go through and turn into a list. But thankfully, we have 16 questions right now that can be answered without a whole lot of fuss. Uh, if you go to tiny.cc/tadpoolsurvey. And you can capitalize that any way you want, but I just, you know, do it all lowercase just to be safe. <laughs> Somebody's going to like, I typed capital vowels and it didn't work. <laughs> but I did one where it's like capitalize tadpole and survey, capitalize just tadpole, everything lowercase. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, tiny.cc slash tadpole survey. And, nice. uh, and don't you go there. You don't need any advanced knowledge of what the questions are, Scott. Yeah, I'm not looking. I, I did bring it up for the chat to see, but I'm not looking at that. Okay, good. Uh, and don't worry. I like. I've, I got probably over 100 submitted survey questions from everybody. But rather than do a big 80-question survey that feels massive and painful for everybody, uh, we'll just do these quarterly, and I'll do like uh, 16, 16 or so questions. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say if it was helpful, I would send this to I'd send that URL to my 82 year old mother, and she could test the caps thing since that's all she types in. But but Claire, <laughs> Claire is like my 82 year old mother and did it, it for is, us. Yeah, she'll she'll test that. All caps didn't work. All right. Uh, we okay. Great. Well, that's great. Uh, again, tiny.cc/tadpoolsurvey. Uh, everybody at home, even when you're not here live, those episodes yeah. that we have so much fun with on Wednesdays. Uh, you can be a part of it by answering the survey. That's right. And so many people ask Jeannie every single day, how do I get to the tadpole survey? Where's the tadpole survey? Where's the sur? How do I submit a song request? I didn't get an invite to the most recent survey. <laughs> well, here's your invite, people. <laughs> These, this voice we've given That them. voice. Yeah. It's, it's the, the gen- general tadpole voice. Is, yeah. Uh, general tadpole. I didn't get the tadpole survey. Excellent use of our uh, accidental, ac- accidental voices. I don't know what I'm saying. Hey, I do know this, yeah. though. Look at this, everybody. This music right here, this means something. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Uh, Amy, Red Fraggle, back to the show, talking books and uh, what we should be reading. In fact, the segment's called Read This with Amy. Amy, welcome back. 
Oh, good morning. How are you good guys morning. doing? Good. How are you? Oh, groovy. How are you? Yeah. Oh, you know, I've had I've had about the a similar week to most mothers in this country this week, I think. Mm, um, yeah. so yeah. I'm not gonna dwell on that, I promise. However, I have to tell a story. Mm, okay. Oh, I'd like to so, hear a story and let's hear a story. It's a, it's a picture is 2012. Right. It's December of 2012. All right. I have just gone through a very contentious divorce and custody battle. And my ex, who is from South Africa, has they taken the kids on a vacation to South Africa. And there's this little nagging feeling in the back of my head that I'm not 100% sure he's going to come back with them. Oh, geez. Then, oh. then... My husband says, oh, my God, somebody shot up the elementary school that I went to. Whoa. He he went to. uh, um, He went to Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Really? Yeah. And so he actually he he was like glued to it all day long because he had people that he knew had kids that went to that school. Now, none of them were any of the kids that were killed. But that was like super stressful time. So this week, I have been not so mentally great. Yeah, so I'll bet you that. Yeah. Oh yeah. On, uh, on that note, I was like, I just could not pull my crap together at all yeah. to uh, to come up with like you know a good clip or anything like that. So I thought instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a a section of a book from it's it is a children's book. Yeah. By an author from Newtown, Connecticut. Yeah, and uh, and it is a a book that my husband gave me. So, without further ado, <laughs> I like this. This is I, I'm I actually too, really yeah. looking forward to this. All right, you t- yeah. take it away as as you as you will. Adam looked up at the golden cock on the church steeple. Jeez, tell me, he said, <laughs> "Will the soldiers come today? Will they march up the hill?" Adam and the cock were friends. The boy knew it if the cock didn't. After all, the cock lived high in the air, and he was covered with gold. Not guilt, but real gold. Nothing less. Every morning, Adam looked up at the cock. Did he swing to the north? To the south? (laughs) To the east? Or to the west? The way the wind was blowing told something about the weather. The golden cock looked small against the sky. But if Adam and the cock had been standing together on the ground, the cock would have been the taller. And if the cock had been on the ground, Adam would have seen the bullet holes in him. There was one even in his proud gold tail feathers. So... That wow. is from. Wow, <laughs> it's a, like you picked that specifically for Scott. I yeah, feel a little. Yeah. I feel a little shut out. Yeah, okay, a lot well, of. Uh, so, so here's, here's what I will tell you. I was struggling with this all week. I was like, man, I don't know what book to pick for this mm-hmm. week, and I've just got no mental capacity. And so, you guys all love Chuck, right? You can you can thank Chuck. For we this do love one. Chuck. Chuck is great. <laughs> Yep. Chuck went, I've got it. I've got the answer. It's a children's book and mm-hmm. it's got the word cock all over it. <laughs> so wait, we're going to assume here that this children's book features a rooster, a golden rooster of some sort. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. I mean, yeah, I yeah. don't know what anybody else is thinking. Yeah, I don't know what all their their dirty little oh. minds were thinking. But, uh, it uh, does indeed. What's the yes, name of this book? Is- 
The name of this book is Adam and the Golden Cock by Alice Dalgleish. And I I apologize, I did not look up how to pronounce her last name, but I'll put it in the I'll put it in the Discord and everything. Um, the interesting thing is that the Golden Cock is a real thing. Mm-hmm. There it is atop a, a, a steeple in a church in Newtown, Connecticut. And uh, yeah, so um, the story is actually about the American Revolution and uh, Rochambeau and his troops coming through. Like, that's why Adam says at the very beginning, like, will the soldiers come today? Um, you know, and so it's it's basically it's about this little boy and, you know, this this constant thing that was this weather vane shaped like a golden cock. Nice. Nice. You know, so it's a charming the- little story, but it's it's hilarious to read it because seriously, like it was it's like it, it's like re- reading something on the campus of the University <laughs> of South Carolina, man. It's yeah. like, yep, see, it's a real thing. Adam yeah. and the Golden Cock. Adam and the Golden and, Cock. Um, I love the art. Um, let's see. The artist is Leonard Weisgard did the illustrations for this. And I really like that style. It's very, it's an old style. It's like, cause this book came out in what? 59 or something. 50s? Yes. 1959 yeah. is when it came out. And yeah, all the illustrations in the book are they're like, they're in that style where it's very like, you know, he's, he's using white black and gold. Like mm. that's it. Yeah, and, cool. um, they're, they're, you know, lovely little illustrations and it's, it's just a little kid's book. (laughs) (laughs) Back then those were, that was more about the limitation of the printing process, but artists would use that to their stylistic advantage and say, well, Uh I got three colors to work with, so I'm going to make, I'm going to make this really contrasty. It makes it really cheap for the printer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's almost kind of a, like I kind of, I don't know, there's a, there's a certain look to 40s, 50s, and 60s era art, uh, pop art and stuff that I just cannot get enough of. And it's always like this monochromatic, you know, way less use of color. Often the colors are shifted off a little bit and they shouldn't be. Something about that time is totally fascinating to me. Comics were really weird that way as well. If you're gonna if you're gonna read this book to uh, your child, I would say invest in a soundboard app and replace the word "cock" with a yeah, and play with that a every noise. single time. That's a great idea. Exactly. Yeah. Or otherwise, as action news continues, it's round the cock clock coverage. Yeah, you're gonna get round the cock <laughs> coverage, and you don't want that. Uh, well, that's great. I th- and there's nothing wrong with this. Let's recommend it. Adam and the Golden oh. Cock available pretty much everywhere. Goodreads uh, has it at almost a full five star rating. People love it. Uh, it's old, but who cares if you can find a copy? Oh, it looks like Amazon's got, uh, let's see. You can actually buy it, uh, for 38 bucks for the library binding or the paperback for 10 bucks. It's still a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like the copy that we have is actually purchased from a collection from the Baltimore County public library. So there you go. Um, it was just a thing like Chuck, Chuck decided he wanted to have a copy of it. So he went and, you know, Got it from a book finder. And there's like all these little notes from some little kid back in the day. It says, <laughs> this this book belongs to, and there's a little boy's name in there. Oh, so it's cute. Yeah. This book belongs to Harry Peters. Harry Peters. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. nice. That's nice a perfect friend. name for someone to own the golden cock. Very nice. Um, well, well done. Uh, I love it. This is great. Uh, and also nothing wrong with a little children's book uh, uh, reading, everybody. I love reading. Just needed a little palate cleanser, yeah, you know. Yeah. I like that. that it was good. a good, you know, uh, 
It's a good choice. A good, good light thing for today. I appreciate that. I agree. Right. My wife and daughter, is Carter in the chat? I don't want to throw her under the bus. They were up there crying today uh, over this still because it's horrible. And, um, you know, we're getting new details that are making it worse. And uh, oh, yeah. so they're super upset. And I don't know. I, I kind of needed this. So you did a really nice thing for us, the listeners and everybody. That was really nice. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. Well, I, I, I have to agree. I was also, you know, shedding some tears this morning as well. So I was glad to have this as a way to like, like I said, just give everybody a little giggle. Yep. And because uh, we're all 12. That's right. We're all 12. <laughs> so, and there's nothing wrong right. with that. <laughs> OK, enjoy your 12 year old right. uh, mentality as you age, everyone. Uh, it's Amy Robinson, a.k.a. Red Fraggle 3, wherever you want to find her. Um, she's a good TikTok follow, by the way. Go follow her there. <laughs> yeah, go. Okay, so I tried. I made a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I, po- yeah. I posted it to the... A very good the, thing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Did you snap? Uh, half the country with this. I snapped. You yeah, snapped. Oh, snap. see, this is the problem. You snapped. Uh, so sorry, everybody listening home, you've noticed a weird break there. That was uh, me losing power very briefly, and now I'm back, and uh, you were... Amy, you were right in the middle of talking about how the how Discord was it Discord or who was somebody's no. meeting you? Not Discord, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. so I made I made a video with uh, Peepers puppets dancing around to the TMS theme, and TikTok muted it, and yeah. I don't understand why because it's Eric Van Skyhawk's music theme. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you know there's nothing, and and you gave it to me, so I'm like what? But yeah. it said it was a <laughs> it said it was a copyright violation. So anyway, I'm going to as uh, Brian, oh, I know why. I just realized why. Do you want to know why? I just figured oh. it out. Uh, yes, yes, Eric. So even though Eric gives us full rights on that thing, well, this doesn't make sense though because YouTube doesn't mute it. Well, whatever. But he's technically released the track on an album that is available on like Spotify and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, Apple Music, so uh. you can get the ELR theme in a couple of ways. But that would that should mean that 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 YouTube should tell me every time that I'm using it in violation. Right. So the right. fact that TikTok is, who knows, man, they're yeah. just, weird. yeah, I think it's very weird. I think, honestly, I think the, I think their bot just says, Hey, this is not a sound in our approved list of sounds, quote unquote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. we're just going to mute. Well, it, I'm going to play it now know? for the chat to see it. So people at home, you're not going to be able to see this, but these are some peepers playing some fun <laughs> business. So here, here it goes. <laughs> You know what my favorite thing is? Is the one the, the occasional chuck arm? Yeah, well I like that too because you can always tell how hairy it is. But the the one of these peepers has green um, oh. <laughs> green screen green eyes. Green eyes. Yeah, yeah, so they so they blend eyes, into yes. the green screen. That's pretty great. Anyway, yeah, screw TikTok. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Although I so like, anyway, I, I posted it. I posted a link to it to the Discord. I'll also I'll see if YouTube will let me put it up, and um, I'll I'll post it to the the Frog Pants uh, Facebook group also, so there you people go. can see it. So but, we're not going to um, miss it. Uh, yeah. well, that's awesome, Amy. Always good to talk to you. Sorry about the weird glitch, and uh, no problem. May your week be <laughs> uh, better uh, uh, in all the right ways, and may we see you next week in the same capacity as we see you now. Oh, well, you will see me on Monday because I am going to come and. Oh, right. You're going to be part of the deal. Yeah. Sweet. Good. Yes. No, that's good. We can use your dastardly tricks uh, in the <laughs> game of Among Us. You're pretty sus already. It's Amy Robinson, everybody. Red Fraggle 3, wherever you can find her. We'll see you later. Bye. See ya. All right.
Oh, I hate disruptions like this because I feel out of whack. I do too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Where the where the frick are we? Oh, um, you know what? We have time for one news story. So we're going to do one. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. That's how it's going to go if I can find it. Where is it? Is this it? It's the news and it's brought to you by. Under the Library is an actual play podcast of Call of Cthulhu. Cthulhu oh, let me rephrase that because I thought that was going to be like a, a <laughs> subtitle of it. Yeah. Under the Library is an actual play podcast of Call of Cthulhu. Mature themes, immature people. If you'd enjoy watching Silence of the Lambs while roasting marshmallows in your furry suit, catch Under the Library anywhere you get your podcast. Very, very nice. That's very cool. Very cool. Um. Some ancient poop revealed that the builders uh, of Stonehenge like to eat. And what okay. they like to eat, rather. So now we know what they ate. All right. We still don't know how Stonehenge happened. We don't know how right. they got it we done. We don't know like how they got those big rocks over there or anything like that. But we know what they ate. We know what they the ate. Right. And maybe that'll prove they're finally we'll know they're aliens for sure. Who knows? I mean, wasn't it fish and chips? I'm assuming it's fish and chips. <laughs> it's almost always fish and chips. Uh, ancient poop found at the side of the prehistoric village near Stonehenge. You've been there. You've been right yeah, there. Yeah, I have been there. I've been there twice. Once uh, as a 16-year-old, 15-year-old turning 16 mm-hmm. uh, with my my dad. And then Tina and I went back there in 1998. Yeah. And um, we spent too much time at the restaurant in um, the close town, which I think is Chichester. Is oh, Chichester? I might be wrong about that. Mm. Uh, and... Uh, we spent too much time in there. There's like a mummified hand holding a set of cards that, that the story is that it was cut off. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And then I got accosted by a, a Romani or a traveler. I'm not going to use the, the other term. That's the negative term. Mm. And she put up, she said she was cursing me. Oh. And we spent too much time in that town. We got to the bus and realized, oh my God, Stonehenge closes in 30 minutes. And so we got to Stonehenge and we sprinted around the circumference of Stonehenge and we stopped Salisbury. That's it. Thank you, TRPW. We sprinted around Stonehenge and we stopped at all the cardinal points, north, south, and east, and took pictures of Stonehenge as we as we ran around. Wow. <laughs> I remember this story and I remember thinking, yes. you're in there. It's not like you're going to go, man, it's okay. We'll do it next time. Who knows the next time you're going to be over we, there, yeah, right? Yeah, who knows? I mean, we definitely are going to go back to England at some point. We love yeah. we love old smoke. We love uh, uh, love that uh, uh, that part of did, the world. Did, so. did, did Tristan go with you as a baby or did, what happened oh, he's there? never He's never been. Uh-huh. So if we go again, we absolutely have to take Tristan. Yeah, he'd love it. Uh, well, anyway, here's the deal. Uh, they feasted on the internal organs of cattle. That's what they ate. Because <laughs> okay, that's what you do. Not yeah. just their, you know, their meat, but their like no, intestines. No, so haggis, and, basically, right? Yeah, kind of, except cattle in this case, but yeah. Several right. pieces of fossilized poop, which scientists call cap- caprolites. Corpor- corp- corporolites? They should call corporolites? it crapolites. That's what they yeah, they should. Yeah. He's run earth uh, from a refuse heap at the settlement known as Durrington Walls, just 1.7 miles or 2.8 kilometers from Stonehenge. Village dates back to around 2500 BC uh, when much of the imposing document in southwest England was constructed. Five pieces of poo-poo okay, mm-hmm. from one mm-hmm. human and four dogs were found <laughs> to contain eggs of parasitic okay. worms. So they had parasites. It's a bummer. 
Yeah. Uh, the human poop and three of those dogs uh, control the or see uh, contain the egg of a, of a capillarid worm. I think is how you say it. Hmm. Identified yeah. part of their lemon shape or identified by their lemon shape. Uh, the presence of this type of worm indicated the person had eaten the raw or undercooked lungs or liver from an already infected animal, which would result in parasitic eggs passing straight through to the digestive system and then, you know, feasting on the human, according to the new study of the fossils. Uh, these worms infect cattle and other uh, ruminants, because that's what that's what they're, they're a ruminant, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, suggesting yeah. that eating cattle was the most likely source of the parasite. The study uh, says dogs may have also fed on leftovers, is how they got it. Uh, <laughs> however, bones dug up from the trash heap suggested the cattle weren't the most commonly consumed animals. Some 90% of the 38,000 bones on earth were from pigs and 10% cattle. So they were mo- mostly mm. pork people. That's right. A little, a little pork, a little brisket. And, yep. uh, mm. and and they were still trying to they were refining their their haggis recipe. They didn't have any sheep, no. but they were refining their haggis recipe. Yeah, they were they, using still using livestock, just not not the right livestock. Yeah, they'll get there. They'll get there. Yes, and they did get there. <laughs> they did. Get- <laughs> yeah. Those parasites are horrible, though. It's basically a yeah. lifelong diarrhea time. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will be joining us, and uh, we're going to talk about. I can't remember what we did on here. Oh, we got a, we got some responses to that whole burnout question that she asked last time. Remember that? Oh, right. Yeah, good. Excellent. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't so wait this, to, to this, revisit that. Yeah, yeah, this will be good. So that's coming up okay, right after this. Claire, settle down. I know Haggis is Scottish. My goodness. She's really, look, she's got a she, bone She to feels pick. emboldened by that whole whizwit thing, the whole cheese whiz, <laughs> cheesesteak sandwich thing that, uh, yeah. man, you give her, yeah, give her an inch and she takes a mile. She'll she push, takes a kilometer. She'll push down that caps lock button and leave it there fortnight. All right, we're going to take a break. Wendy will be here after the break. The song is what we need for the break. What is the song for the break? All right, it's a uh, band called Flip Turn. Uh, these guys, uh, this this album captures two stories, one out of Houston and one out of Brooklyn. This is their double single, so they released two singles um, uh, just recently, Halfway and Brooklyn Baby. Brooklyn Baby! Brooklyn Baby. Um, this uh, tells the same tale of relationship coming apart thread by thread, city by city. So they wanted to release the two tracks together for obvious reasons. Uh, the band is called Flip Turn. Uh, here is the song halfway we'll be right back
My name's Randy Atkins, producer of this video, The Modern Goat. A goat is healthy when it defecates in firm little round balls and has bright brown, clear urine. This is the morning's <laughs> shit. This is the morning stream. Hail Hydra! How, uh, how lucky we had a guy talking about goats and poop. That's funny. I know. So, so. Did, did uh, not plan that. Referential. Beautiful anyway, that. hey, remind me that song again that we heard. Oh, I'd be happy to. This is uh, one half of the double single that Flip Turn just released. This is uh, side one, which is halfway. You flip that thing over and you get the song Brooklyn Baby, uh, both telling the same tale. It's great. Here, that, that was uh, Halfway by Flip Turn. Nice. Um, hey, Nikki Ackermans, if you're listening to the show, could you, you probably do some sheep study stuff. Uh, what's their history over there? What's the deal with the sheep, man? Did they? Did their? <laughs> what's the actual question you're asking? I just want to know what the deal is, man. What's the deal with these sheep what's over the there? Deal with sheep? Give us a give us the up or down on the sheep, you know? Because <laughs> that's what she does, right? <laughs> she, she, I think she'd give them the thumbs up. She's a big fan of of sheep. It's, oh yeah, she know, does her, like the her, sheep. Her, That's her, true. Her uh, field of study. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe maybe <laughs> like uh, she'd know when haggis. Uh, was first yeah, introduced or something like exactly. that. Exactly. That's what we need to know. We need to know these things. Yeah. We're getting educated here. All right. Very good. Yes. Uh, Wendy incoming. Let's get her in here. Sure. Get her uh, her thoughts, her feelings, her takes, her hot takes. Always. All of these are are, are great things. Yeah. That, uh, that yeah. she provides. It's like a, a nutritional brain fart mm-hmm. uh, coming down the <laughs> thing. Uh, <laughs> Let's see if that works out. Everyone knows Look who it is this morning. It's my sister, Wendy, who is also a therapist, psychologist, and someone who helps people with real problems all the time, comes on Thursdays and does that for you guys right here on the show. Wendy, welcome back. Thank you. Nice to have you here. How are glad, you? Glad to be here. Yeah? You see, you're very <laughs> formal today. You feeling very formal? Yeah, you're, you're, you're a little... Oh, I, yeah. No? <laughs> no? Okay, not formal? All right. <laughs> Uh, Sometimes you, you know you have to fake a fake it. You're like, yes, let's yeah. do this when you're like, oh, I want a nap. Yeah, I know, right? And plus, yeah. it's later there. It's like, tonight. no, you're only an hour after us, right? You're yeah, eleven oh five. That's not that eleven. Bad. Nap time. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kids get off to school, take a freaking nap. Take a nap, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm going to be doing one of those later today because I couldn't sleep last night. So I oh, think maybe again. around Jeez, two nights in a row. I know, man. I dude, I couldn't. And you know what's weird? I wasn't even thinking about Wendy this morning, but I woke up this morning and I heard this that song in my head. The full really? version of it going, <laughs> and I had the whole thing going yeah. all morning. I'm whistling it, singing it. Kim's like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, huh. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I wonder, I wonder what the association is. What, I don't know. Uh, Must be that Wendy's on today. Yeah. I have no idea. Good well, anyway. Here I am. Yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, you put out a question last time we spoke about uh, people and burnout and uh, stuff like that. And we got some answers. We got some replies. Uh, and so we're going to read this one here from somebody called A. Uh, I think this is the second email you forwarded to me. Um, this is the one about burnout and the pandemic. Uh, so I'll read it. Uh, it says, hello, Wendy, Scott, and Brian. You brought up the topic of burnout in a recent episode, and I cannot help but email in. The pandemic at large has been an experience. I gained a liking to baking that I've kept up making bread every week. I kept running through it every single day over three years now. 
and in some ways it gave me focus. At the same time, it's completely hollowed out my relationship with family as they went down the the COVID denial route. This comes alongside uh, financial fear early in the pandemic when I had saved a little and worked in an industry that looked uneasy, uh, though that worked out all right for a time uh, This uh, until this last fall when our workloads exploded. But we look on to new staff to handle it. Uh, let's see, leading to some of our people to leave. At this point, I'm debating leaving the job myself, my position leaning into work. Uh, let's see, leaning into work I have no interest in and management that is in no way responding to my disinterest. While my physical self has weathered the pandemic all right, negligible weight gain this whole time, mentally I'm very defeated. Um, it's this burn, is this burnout or something else? And where do you even begin to try and break this down to manageable steps to move on? Any help is appreciated. Somebody named A. Uh, well, that was a good place as any to start. Jeez, yeah. Um, a lot, of, a lot of, like, of stuff to unpack there. Yeah, and I also, I don't know, there's something um, universal about parts of the pandemic actually being weirdly beneficial in some ways. I felt yeah. this a little bit. I felt like I was able to kind of, I don't know, look inward a little more. Um be a little more present with the people in my immediate surroundings, be more mindful of, you know, someone next door needs help, this kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but on, in some larger ways, even, even in some personal larger ways, boy, have I had one of these kinds of falling outs with a bunch of people, like just mm-hmm. found myself on the opposite end of a, of a, of a weird world. And I just thought, yeah. and I don't know if that contributes to this thing that we're talking about, which is burnout or not, but I'll let you take it from there. Where, where do you, uh, where do you want to go with this? Yeah. Well, a couple of things. Yeah. There's a lot going on in there. Uh, number one, I just want to answer the, uh, A's question. Yeah. The big one is this burnout. Um, so maybe let's distinguish a couple things different types of burnout and then then we'll get to the one I think is globally happening for most people or is a little more global so you can sort of get burned out on uh anything you're doing right so you know just the general term um like you hit the wall right that's one of our phrases like you're just going along and you smack into this wall and you just cannot keep going you Mm -hmm. cannot keep doing this thing so you run out of energy motivation you know all those things can happen in your work, can happen in a relationship, it can happen in a project you started that you used to love and find lots of joy in, and it's just like you can't you can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could you know find it in lots of different places. But the very specific thing and the diagnosably problematic thing is is ultimately brain burnout, not. Um, just like, oh, I'm sick of this project, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it's very specific to one thing, you wouldn't also be feeling it somewhere else. Like I'm burned out on this project, but you still enjoy your social life after work, right? Yeah. The challenge is, and Americanism is in particularly problematic in all sorts of ways, but one way in particular is that we are, we work, our lives are so revolved around work. We work a ton. We don't know how to turn that off. It's all like hustling constantly, right? So it is so integrated with who we are, how we see ourselves. You know, I don't know the studies between, you know, sort of different countries with the different ethos, but like losing a job for for someone in America is like a loss of identity, loss of direction, you know, where someone else might see it as 
I, you know, it's not, this is not a black and white line by, mm-hmm. by any stretch, but as a general rule, we're kind of, you know, we get our two weeks of your vacation and do you, do you really think that's how humans work well, right? But if you're always hustling and there's always some new thing, right, you know, you, and you always have felt energized up to a certain point, to have that go away can be very scary or the loss of a job or something that like, identi- you know, your identity gets thrown because so much of your energy and time go to thinking about work. Yeah. So that's pretty common that you'll burn out at work and then it affects other things. And then sometimes like a job shift, um, you might feel totally different and have a different experiences. That's kind of what this person's asking. Like, hey, is this my job or is this brain burnout? So I'm yeah. just going to use the term brain burnout for the general burnout. Okay. So, so, so let's pan. I'm, I'm going to break it down to how people experience it and go through how, what mild symptoms look like for different types of folks. And then just like how we know it's, it's serious. Um, because there's, I have sort of two theses here. One is, yes, the pandemic is tricky and has caused lots of challenges. And you, you went from having maybe, you know, some level of social trust with your, your neighbors and your family members that ha- it's disintegrated more and more, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that is a absolute strain on anyone's system to have a person you thought was sort of safe suddenly saying crazy stuff that makes them feel really unsafe and like you can't have a conversation and all of that goodwill you used to have and feel is gone is, is traumatic. That is, that's a significant loss. And that can be one relationship. And for, for some of us, that's many relationships that this has happened to. Right. Right. So you got to recognize. So, so my thesis here is like, okay, there's the strain of working constantly the not having the outlets we used to have to sort of counterbalance some of that. Maybe it is in the job loss during the pandemic or your industry got shut down or your, you know, all of the ups and downs for you, you know, so whatever that may have looked like is going to have that impact. But then we also have this, the social trust that's lost. Um, Then we also have this third thing. And this is, this is kind of underlying a lot of this, I think Um, is just the trauma that everyone has gone through. And maybe at other times in history, there's more collective sense of that we've all been through something. Um, but, you know, with the ubiquity of how we can see what's happening anywhere in the world, we can get traumatized any minute of any day vicariously through the news, right? Or yeah. through hearing some terrible story or whatever it might be, right? So we have this, like, constant barrage of hard things that we aren't really built well to handle, and if our way of handling it is our, the usual way of like working harder or ignoring or going down our conspiracy rabbit holes to make us feel like we have power or control, right? Like we're a mess, like collectively we're a hot mess. And so this will also add to burnout. So you take anyone who's been through something traumatic, they are not going to be able to just go back and do their job like nothing happened, right? No, we no. could see this on an individual level and really understand it. I don't think we have a full grasp on seeing it as a collective. Um, I don't know about you, but Tuesday was really traumatic. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Man. I can't even start yeah. talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> the house, the, our, uh, the house is a gloomy, gloomy place right now. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're, we should probably have an entire episode on, that particular brand of grief because we haven't talked about it. I don't think since maybe Sandy Hook or maybe there's been others, but I feel like it's a 
it needs to come up again. You know, it does. It can't be this week for me because I can't handle it. I know I can't either. Yeah, but But let's give it a week. Let's give it some time, and then you know maybe next week we can hit this thing. And I don't know. I mean, when you have a fourth grader, it's it's I know it's super personal. I like I too too close to home. Yeah, I don't even want to think about. Like I was just looking at my phone. There's a picture of Van on here, and I'm like, you're almost old enough to go to a school like that. Like freaking geez anyway yeah so so we'll talk about that later but i it does accumulate it does have an impact it does tear down sort of kind of behind the scenes right so like doom scrolling is a term that came out i don't know officially when it did but that's what everyone was doing for years um and still does to probably some extent i think people have figured out they can't do it it's it's depletes them too much or you know try find ways to uh, balance that sort of steady stream of of things that are so outside the the normal delusion we all live under. You know, it's like breaking the glass that it protects you from feeling all of that just too frequently, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we have like that very immediacy of that social trust being hurt. That larger scale social trust. Um, I I find myself like counting in my head all the good people I know. Like it's it's more. There are more good people than not good people. There're more. Like it it's my brain's just like here here let's do the math. We can find the math. It you know. And and I think you know we have our all our ways of compensating and a lot of a lot of us use escape and a lot of us use, you know, I I think we drank a whole hell of a lot more than we ever did uh, as at least as Americans in the last two years. There's lots of studies are going to show we're not okay, right? But we don't necessarily have the skills. We don't have the 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 ways to handle it on a on a more community based level, maybe within families, right? So if so, it's tricky. So you take all of this, put this on a person whose job is also such a huge part of who they are, and required for survival because there is no safety net for you and people are relying on you and it's chaos. Like it's, there's a lot of chaos. I I joked about this, but it it feels really apropos, but there was this center. I can't remember if it was the university of Virginia. That's not right. Anyway, don't quote me on that, but uh, it's like a center for peace and, and uh, communication and Mm -hmm. reconciliation. And they have so much infighting. They've had to like dissolve it. And you're like, what the, you know, it's just really a lot. And so I think if you're not burned out, you have not been paying attention. So I should say that. Um, I think the other thing too is so, so like A's question with jobs is the previous experience a lot of us have had is you switch a job, things get better, right? You end a relationship, things get better. Um, And when it's hitting on all fronts, it can be just, you know, incredibly overwhelming. So what to do about it? So so, so before I get to the good parts, <laughs> let me just give you the the sort of symptomology of what this would feel like. And so, you know, if you're listening at home, just raise your hand every time something sounds like you. Um, but basically, burnout, brain burnout just comes from long-term stress. And uh, which is why all of us have to some extent to have this because there's been long-term stress. And long-term is anything more than 3 to 6 months right? Um, even more than a long weekend really is long, but, you know, technically it's a little bit longer than that. Um, okay. But what's interesting is introverts and extroverts have really different responses to this. So before I go into that, uh, I don't know what you 
both identify as here, mm. extro or intro, but have you noticed either the the people similar to you or not, how they experience some of these things differently? Well, I've seen some people just resisted and pretend like they don't have these feelings or don't have this, you know, this altered, this altered, altered thinking. And they, they think that if they do talk about it or show any of that, it just shows weakness. And, you know, so I've seen that from some, um, or they think it's, you know, they think it's a weakness that, that anybody would have any feelings of any kind in the negative. They're just going along like their life's normal. I don't believe that for a hot second, but that's what they Mm -hmm. portray. Um, so there's that, but then there are other people who, you know, well, let's see, there's a good way to put it. And I'm not trying to throw Kim under the bus here, but she's, she used to be, I was always the stressy one, like our whole marriage. If if there was something to stress about, I would be doing it. And Kim would be very compartmentalized about it, very much like, well, we have to deal with it. Or if it's a problem, we'll take care of it now. You know, like just kind of a very pragmatic approach to almost everything. And now I can see, I can just see it in her face all the time that these things get to her in ways that they didn't used to. And so her, her, her way of dealing with it, I mean, she's dealing with it, but she's, she's, she is showing outs, outward signs differently than, than maybe she used to under the same kind of stress. It used to be easier for her to say, uh, well, here are things I can control. So I'm going to focus on those. And the things that are out of her control that are away from her, that are far away and nothing really she can do about it. It doesn't mean she doesn't have empathy for those things or, you know, you know, feelings of, of, of whatever for those things. But she doesn't, since she, since she knows she has really no control there, she would, she'd be able to kind of put that stuff away and not let it kind of run her day or whatever. But I think now, bigger, broader issues that she still can't control probably bug her more or make her, you know, more sad or more stressed or whatever, Mm -hmm. frustrated. So I've seen that in her, um, you know, definitely see it myself, but, but yeah, you see different people reacting in different ways. Some people dig in their heels, some people open up, some people, I mean, it's part of the problem, right? Is some people saw things like, oh shoot, we got a pandemic. We got to help each other and ourselves. So let's wear these masks. And yet other people go, the government's trying to get to the burn. And, you know, they, they're all reacting to the same stimulus, but they're mm-hmm. also reacting in such different ways, like such yeah. diverse ways of reacting to it. And that's, I don't know if I'm surprised by it, probably shouldn't be, but I, I was definitely naive to how people would, would act when we had kind of a crisis like that. Yeah. Well, and I, I think any long-term stress, and this is what burnout ultimately exists is it's it is such an individual um internal response right so so at how anyone acts outwardly based on that internal experience you know it's going to vary with people and obviously the world doesn't you know isn't categorized by just introverts and extroverts there's lots of in between he's here, right? Yeah. I, I would say as a bona fide extrovert, I've become an extro- introvert in some very, I mean, Sweden started that because that is a country of introverts. Um, but just like, oh, wow, I forgot. Like, it's kind of nice to not have to deal with people. Like, I just did never feel that way before. And and so I think you can it, you can move around on this scale a little bit. But so so let me actually get to just the the ways this may come may happen, but they're so different for somebody who's very extroverted and someone who's very introverted mm-hmm. that you would never look at those two si- 
situations and go, oh, they're both experiencing burnout, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let me explain. The minor symptoms of burnout are going to look like this in an extrovert. They're going to feel more emotionally erratic or blunted, just like kind of up and down and just like uh, crying for no reason and feeling, a, you know, like just, just more roller coastery. Okay. Mm-hmm. An introvert might experience as, as minor symptoms of burnout, slight detachment from life and routine, just kind of a, a little separating from what normally was just kind of engaging as living life. Okay. So very different responses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are both minor. Okay. So then we get into mild. So an extrovert, the mild brain burnout will look like excessive tiredness and low energy. Yeah. Um, And then someone who's introverted, like lack of motivation, creativity, or drive. Yeah. Okay. Felt a bit, of, Mar- a bit of both what? of those. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> seen, so, seen shades of that in yeah. myself. Like, a, little, yeah. uh, a little from column yeah. A and B the there so far. Sure. Right. I mean, I realize as we talk about this, like I definitely have my version of this. I'm sure you do. I'm sure there's not anyone listening who does not relate to some of these. Sure. The, the grade of severity, I guess, is important too, right? Okay, so here's a moderate uh, brain burnout would look like for an extrovert is feeling angry, sad, or overly emotional, like really feeling all the feelings. Mm -hmm. And then for someone who's very introverted, it might feel more like a loss of enthusiasm or feeling withdrawn from everybody. Yeah. And then kind of a a major version of this is a sense of hopelessness, loss of control of life for an extrovert, um, which I think the pandemic was a perfect example of. Mm -hmm loss of control of life, right? Uh, And then for for an introvert, feeling helpless, unable to take action. So this is where I think most people start to cognitively go, I think something's wrong, is when they can't make decisions. They start to forget words. So we have a couple of things that are are, are similar between a trauma response and a burnout response. And I don't, I feel like they're intertwined and it's hard to pull these two apart, but if, if we could do a perfect scenario and they were separate, we have a trauma response and a burnout res- response to long-term stress, is there's a couple similarities, like forgetting words, um, feeling like you can't make a decision, just kind of some paralysis in ways that maybe you've never experienced before, being able to do something you would normally just do, um, reaching out to someone, you know, having, going to do something fun rather than just wanting to curl up and stay in a small cozy space and watch TV all weekend or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially if that's not just your normal MO, they can show up very similarly. And it's, it's about a, it's like a safety response, like hunkering down and not putting yourself at risk. Right. So they can look very similar. And it's probably because at the core, the brain is in slow trauma or acute trauma of just, you know, you're not okay. You're not getting what you need. And this, the emailers, like the job situation. And I think a lot of people have experienced this, especially sort of, um, essential workers of just like, yep, we're going to clap for you and cheer for you, but not really give you anything else than that. And you have to be on the front lines. You know, we, there's military examples of the same thing of just burning through what is there. And then it, your, your body does this. This is how it protects itself. It starts to shut down um, and burn out. It. So, so sometimes that's the first thing we notice is like, whoa, I can't think the same way or I can't make decisions, right? And then a severe form of this is going to look like depression and anxiety 
more so in an extrovert and depression and chronic fatigue in an introvert. I think the chronic fatigue can go anywhere. Um, But just that, you know, it just zaps all of your energy. So if you were listening to this and you're like, huh, I have that and that. Yeah. Just know you're not alone. So did you guys hear things you, you have obviously the, the one I said about um, well, definitely tired the tired thing. Lack of creativity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fatigue for sure. And a lot of it, I was like, really, I was ready to blame on other issues. Like, I was ready to go, wow, it's because, you know, this is all depressing and sucks. So you sat around a lot more or you didn't keep up your jogging routine or, you know, so that's why you're tired, Scott, right. or whatever. But then when I would be back to, to doing those things, I would still be very tired <laughs> and very exhausted and not really sure why. So then your brain starts going, well, maybe it's a medical thing perhaps or whatever. And you start <laughs> catastrophizing sure. that direction when really it's just, you're just mentally exhausted and that, that, that turns to physical exhaustion. And I don't know, I've come to better terms with it recently, but it's definitely it for me. Like yeah. that's yeah. the biggest, if I had anything in this last two years to look at and say, Boy, that got worse. It's that. It's just fatigue. That feeling of just like, ugh, I can't be bothered. I can't do it. Yeah. That and 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 maybe it's fatigue, but there's been a lot, you know, this week of me realizing I've just been staring at my screen for the last five minutes and not doing anything. Like just yeah. you know. I hate that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that before. It's just like I know what I need to do or could be doing, mm-hmm. but instead mm-hmm. I'm just like <laughs> like you yeah, just, just nothing completely vegged out yeah, yeah i've had that happen before yeah so so very common for i mean i i've had this thought like is this just because i'm getting older like it's you're trying your brain is trying to find the reasons right like yeah. mm-hmm. oh this must be it or oh i'm like is this just perfect timing that i'm this exact age at this exact moment and and, you know, then I talked to 20-year-olds who are just, like, str- slogging on campus to try to get to their final class. And you're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. it's all of us. It's not an age thing. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. So so if you, if you take just really quick, <laughs> what happens at a job that would deplete you so quickly? Like, you can imagine being taken advantage of, not getting credit for the work, not getting enough support, being has to do the job of three people. Being told you're like family and then being treated like garbage, you know, mm. like there's so many versions of us at work understanding why this burnout would come and why, but, you know, but then that would be located in your work realm. And for some of you, that may be what's happening. And it sounds like this guy's got on all levels or this a, I don't know if the guy, um, but the social trust breaking down and the work dynamic being really difficult, you know, like one person leaves and, and again, the great resignation, right? Like lots of people changing jobs, lots of people doing, like making big changes, I think is really related to this kind of overarching um, burnout. Because what do we do is we change jobs to try to solve it. And a lot of people are finding they have the same exact problem at the next place. Yeah. Um, maybe they got a raise, so that feels good or whatever. But, you know, this thing is kind of following everybody around Um and, and so a couple quick things. If you're a perfectionist, you're at much higher risk for this type of thing, for brain burnout, because, it, you know, the part of you that needs everything to be just right all the time, um, it, you know, no one can have that taskmaster forever and not burn out. Like, it's 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 a tricky one. Um, and also just basic, reliable, conscientious people, 
right? Mm. If you just don't give a crap, like half this stuff flies right by you. So there are definitely people who are probably not burned out because they're just like, cool, whatever. Um, you can all stress yourselves out, you snowflakes. That's yeah. up to you. Yeah. And they just aren't feeling it. So maybe right. those exist. Uh, you know, I'm sure they exist, but boy, do they suck. Yeah. <laughs> boy, do not, I not want to be around it. them. Like people that lack all forms of empathy. I don't want to be anywhere near you. Like not no. at all. Yeah. No. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you've got, you know, and I'm kind of focusing more on, on the work aspect here, but if, you know, your work is really important to your sense of self as a core part of you and how you define yourself, you're at higher risk for this to happen too. Right. Yeah. It isn't the flexibility of, Oh, I could work there or there. And who knows, you know, like this is, it's so important. It's kind of like the perfectionist thing. So this level of in, intense need from your work or these aspects of your life to provide what they do, which is your sense of self, your worthiness, because you did it all right, um, raises and praise and all the different things that can happen, you know, might put you at extra risk. And then also people are in, in caring professionals because they're giving more of themselves. I mean, I you, you may not be aware of this, but you know, all of the, at least here in Minnesota, I'm sure it's everywhere, but just all of the agencies that provide care for adults with disabilities in, in any form, any programming, elderly care is very in that similar boat. I just cannot, it's just falling apart. Yeah. Um, just not enough people to do the work. They need to pay more, but they don't have the funding and the Medicaid reimbursement. And it's, it's really tough. And so then that goes back on, you know, families or the community as a whole to try to make up for, I mean, it's an incredibly stressful dynamic because the the need is, is there. And that kind of goes back to this. If you don't feel like you've got a network or safety um, or people to rely on, it's that social trust thing is, is powerful and having that dissolve is scary. So, so let's talk about solutions. So if I haven't depressed you enough, then Let's do some more. Not paying attention. (laughs) You're sorry. I apologize. Um, But the the answers are annoying. (laughs) They're annoying. So get a guess what the annoying answers to how do you deal with burnout is? Uh, Therapy. I mean, that (laughs) sounds not not so much annoying as it does true. Seems like therapy would be good. Uh, And, And I would say generally talking to others. Like... Mm-hmm. The other day when a friend of mine and I, and I were trying to plan something, I just said, oh, I just can't make a decision. She's like, I can't make a decision. And that was like this moment where we're like, oh, my gosh, are we admitting that neither of us have any control of our lives? It was so therapeutic. Yeah. Let's not be alone, right? So yeah, right. talking to others, a therapist can help you very specifically. They're also burned out, by the way, everybody. Um, but they can help you specifically with the perfectionism part or the that the the need to control how to how to manage that you know like some some of the deeper things like a friend's not going to go deep dive with you so there's definitely value to that but there's also value in you know commiserating with other people and and getting some social support that you may find you know in in burnout it's it's almost like uh an urge to re- remove yourself from social support mhm it's like a numbness or a fog or whatever. And it's really hard to be like, you know, what? I'm going to get my friends all together and we are going to have a meeting about this. Right. Yeah. But it, it really is. And this is why the answers are annoying is everything is going to require effort and change when you are exhausted 
and not sure you can do anything, right? right? So that's what's very frustrating. But it's about building some stuff back into your life. And maybe it was never there, but it needs to be there of a few things. So we've got this connection to other people and being able to, to really talk through whatever it is, right? Okay, so there's therapy specifically or talking to others. Okay, any other guesses? What uh, else we need to be doing? Oh, geez. Uh, more... Um, well, you, okay. I'm going to do one that Wendy always tells me, or at least for years you have get a book on Amazon. (laughs) Well, that's true too. Um, but your thing has always been throw yourself at somebody else and helping somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, don't, and I don't mean just like to a positive direction. Yeah. Not even, not even think of it that way. Just like go so-and-so needs help or that school has no, what they have no toilet paper. This is ridiculous. And then just go nuts in trying to help. Mm them and for and kind of forget you for as long as you can you used to always say that and you still do but i don't know if that's still does that still work in this scenario or am i just well, what's tricky it? about that is if you have the energy to do that awesome go for it because it will give you perspective and i mean that's really the power of it the power is you see someone else's experience that you have not seen and it changes you right and so um feeling you're, you're essentially, I'm going to harp on the word social trust because it matters a lot, yeah. um, of you're increasing that between you and that organization, you and that kid you're mentoring, you and that whatever, right? Like you are, you are buying into that social contract with others and doing something about stuff you care about. And there's a lot of power and energy in that, right? Yeah. But I, one of our challenges, I think, is we're not good at resting and we're not good at, you know sort of what do we need to do before we can then go give ourselves completely to something, right? So that's where just being careful. I, I think most people who are really burnt out can't do that at all. Like it's, that would be an impossibility yeah. because they are out of, absolutely out of steam. So it needs to be smaller things maybe, and then maybe leading to that or, and it may look like saying yes when you want, your everything is screaming no to, to get social contact or a friend says, let's go on a walk, we need to move our bodies and have a conversation and you just want to sleep or say, no, you know, that yeah. making yourself do some of those baby steps as opposed to making yourself do some grand gesture, I think, um, because it will take some forcing yourself to do some things. So, so some of our general things that are, are helpful for burnout is things that improve flexibility, right? So a therapist would help you work through your thinking that is not flexible, that has kept you sort of only perceiving your situation in a particular way. Or a lot of people feel trapped, right? They feel trapped in their jobs or their relationship. And it's because they're repeating the same story to themselves over and over about the situation. So getting insight, getting someone else's perspective, being heard, listening to your own self talk through it, and hearing that you have some of the answers can be really powerful. Mm. The other thing is moving more. Our brains need us to move to think differently. We have to physically act differently to get a different thing happening, which is really hard when all you want to do is sit there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so even if it's walking, in fact, walking can be one of the most powerful things you do. That's the irony of us all walking through the pandemic. It was literally needed so desperately. Yeah. It was like we finally had ch- a chance to do it, right? Yeah. So really, this there's a lot of power in in moving and moving regularly. And start small if you need to start small. Meditation is another powerful tool that can feel incredibly difficult to start because you're like, what? (laughs) But it's giving your brain 
Think of it as giving your brain a, a, a rest. So what gives your brain a rest? Because you, burnout means you've worked, you've used your brain too much doing the same thing with the same stories, with the same powerlessness, whatever. And the treatment here is doing things that give your brain a rest. And you might be like, well, exercise like is not resting. And, yeah. yeah. Right. Hobbies. Yeah. Painting a small miniature mm-hmm. in a, is a meditative act. Brian, right? look at you. Look at you, man. Thank goodness I have 200 of those to pay. That's not, there's no stress at all there. There's no stress, right? So what you got to do is only have one. Right, in front of me. Exactly, yes. Exactly. And then then there's this big one, and this is really hard because, you know, if you want to measure the health of yourself, your family, your community, just look at your sleep. Like, how is everybody sleeping? Bad. Yeah, and it's because... It's that chicken and the egg problem with sleep, right? But working to improve your sleep hygiene, working to improve, um, like really doing some things to make that better and getting help with it if you can't do it on your own can make an enormous difference. So imagine being fatigued every day. You're going to burn out way faster than you ever would if you had rest. So I know that's a hard one because it is really hard to fix especially when we practice certain things for years and years and years and years um, that, you know, is not great for us, but that it, it, man, it impacts everything. Right. Okay. So I know that doesn't sound like awesome. Everyone should go to an Island in Bali and just relax for two weeks. I mean, <laughs> listen, the Germans listen, if you want to prescribe that, it makes it a lot easier for me to sell it. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I need my doctor I mean, to get behind this, you know, get stoked about well, it. And medicine, you know, is varies in various places. When we were in Sweden, we, you know, a family who she had, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Is it psoriasis where it's the skin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's and, all crusty and weird. Yeah. It's, and the treatment is sunshine. And she lives in Sweden. So for two weeks every year, she had to go to Spain. That was her medical treatment. Huh. She, and she didn't have to use the creams. Like, that was the treatment. And it was paid for because that is what she needed to have. And then in Germany, they they worked a lot on these things. Like, two, three weeks recovery at, like, a med spa for various injuries and various emotional things. And, you know, it's crazy to think about that. Like, yeah. imagine that was what your doctor prescribed and you had access to that. Woo. Yeah. So if I had an island, people, I promise I'd let every one of you come. You could, it would be part of your therapy. Come to the it island. Would. Yeah. I would <laughs> say, all right, you get two weeks at the island and then we'll talk. And then at that point you'd be like, I don't need you. And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's really hard. And I think people have to have a really honest conversation with themselves, their loved ones about how to recover this, the longer and the deeper you get into burnout, the longer the recovery is. Yeah. Imagine shredding your ankle and then just keep, you know, walking on it and not getting any treatment. And you know, ankles take two years when you treat them well. So like you, you can't, this is one of those things that will get worse and will not just course correct if you get too far. Now, changing a job for this person may be a great first step in that course correction, but I would also suggest some conversations about what does it look like to protect myself a little more from some of the the social breakdown of social trust that I'm experiencing um, within family members, or you know, how do I take a break from that? What do I need to grieve or heal from? Like being really honest about there's work in the middle here. 
we're, I mean, we're all the same. We just hope that we change this thing and it, one thing and it works, right? But it, mm -hmm. it usually is a combination of multiple things because this is a multiple, multiple, faceted, multifaceted. Thank you. There's a word. See, <laughs> multiple I don't faceted. forget words. I'm fine. <laughs> You're a Johnson. It's fine. We got the blood. I mean, boy, is it? Yeah. So yeah. we've had burnout our whole lives, is, yeah. but but truly, I I'm I forget words now in a way I've never forgotten them. It's different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah. was like, do I have COVID? I don't. But does my brain have it? Yeah. It's kind of like it does. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So so recognizing that, you know, there's just so many aspects to this and just, you know, what would you do for a loved one experiencing this if you had some of this information and, and knew how to help? You would do lots of things to to try to benefit them. And a huge one is that social support. So you know, it means we have to reach out for it when we're in the one burning out. It's hard to do because you're like, well, I guess I have to just keep going because what else do we do? You know? Yeah. There's a version of keeping it going and being kind to yourself and getting yourself what you need. Well, I agree. Um, I, I will. So to compliment my co-host, Brian Ibbett here, my good pal. Um, sure. I think he's way better at doing that than I am. Um, in fact, you know, your trip to Philly this week is, is emblematic of that. You guys are like, we're doing a cool thing. Me and my wife, we're getting away. We're mm -hmm. getting, you know, we're going to do this. I have a tendency to hunker down mm -hmm. and be like Mr. Like ready to spring, you know, just like, ah, we gotta, gonna, I gotta be ready to, ready to roll. And Brian will take those times and, and like chill. At least I, yeah, at least that's my perception from the that outside. Trip, I don't know if I would, like if I were booking that trip this week, I don't know <laughs> if I would, you know, yeah. like if, you know, we booked this trip months ago or I booked this trip months ago. And so it's like, uh, yeah, we're going, we're, we're totally going. But if I were in the process of making the decision this week, ah, oh, we going or not? Then yeah. That well, teen, not. teen is just yeah. getting over COVID. Like it's a little bit of a weird, right. a weird exactly. time, but, um, yep. but you, you do know how to go to trivia night. You do know how to just stop yeah. and go, you know what? Right. I need to go do that. And you don't, you don't get, you don't I turtle up. I turtle up, and I the normalcy bad. going on yeah. for for my own. Sanity I, I admire for, that because I'm bad at giving myself that leeway. Because I always feel like, well, no one else. Everyone in my head, the story in my head is, well, no one else has this leeway. I can't. I can't go have fun. I'm just, mm -hmm, uh, all mm -hmm. I'll think about is everyone who's not having fun, and I don't yeah. think that's the right way to think about it. I think I'm wrong when I do that. I don't um, know. I mean, it's, it's a way to think about it. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to think about it. Cause yeah. Plus, look at your outcomes. That's the way to know if your way of thinking about it right, is working. Right, right, right. Well, mine is not working, so I'm going to... Oh. <laughs> I'm going to try to do better at that. And we are, we're making, you know, we, 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 yeah. we are trying to do that. One of the ways, you know, again, would like to encourage people to join this, this discord room in our discord server on frog pants discord. Uh, the do gooders group is, is, was designed or was the idea came from me being sick of feeling like I can't do anything to help anybody. I hate that yeah. feeling. Mm -hmm. So you hear some horrible yeah. thing or hear somebody say something terrible or witness a horrible act or whatever it is. And I'm just like, well, now what? So we thought, well, why don't we all get together and do a, do a thing where we can at least make some small differences in our little corners. And I'm very happy with how that turned out. People are being awesome in there and doing great work. Nice. We knew they would be anyway, but it's just nice proof of that. So that's one way that I've been able to gain a little bit of that solace back. Um, I did notice something a little bit weird. Wendy, you may be able to, I don't know, there's probably a whole subject on this, but how we manifest our internal struggles physically oh, and yeah. in the form of like pain and 
you know, tightness and our neck hurts and our mm-hmm. headaches and all, all those sorts of things. Um, I tried, I made a, a, a considered effort to just uh, remind myself when I'm th- catastrophizing or think of something negative to just go and let a bunch of air out. And mm-hmm. what that translated into in the last two weeks, my back stopped hurting. My sciatica stopped. Um, I stopped getting, uh, you know, I, I stopped having like headaches. I stopped just feeling tight and uncomfortable and physically kind of strained. Yeah. Way more just by taking that one second, even if I still want to think about the stressful thing, just freaking breathe through it. Like it's, it's, I'm, I'm a little pissed at how easy it turned out to be, um, for me. Yeah. Uh, And also you've heard people say it for literally your whole life. My whole life. It's like, no, breathe, take (laughs) a breath, do that. And, and I I think at some point, or I don't know, maybe I'm just getting to the point where I can actually physically pull it off because it felt a little involuntary before. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure I could have figured out techniques to make it better, but it felt like that stress and that stuff was involuntary. And then when I'd have like pain like that, in your shoulders and your back, whatever it was, it, it was then a whole nother pile of stress to say, well, what's causing that as if they weren't related, you know, like, Oh no, that must be right. something else. Or it's because <laughs> you're just getting old or it's because you're, I don't know, you've, you, you tripped down the stairs and your neck went a funny way. No, it turns out I just held myself in such a wound up freaking ball mm-hmm. and never really just let freaking go. So, so that's helped a lot. Um, if that helps anyone out there, just freaking breathe, you know? Yeah. And there's some really amazing breath techniques you can do that are very effective at getting you to homeostasis or getting you very relaxed or, you know, whatever. And again, it's that getting out of your head enough and becoming conscious enough of a thing you need to feel good can be as simple as breathing. And more times than not, it's adding some rituals to your day that sort of pre help you or post help you with your stress. Right. So that's movement, socializing, connecting with others, um, doing good, you know, moving your body, whatever. And, and all the way to as simple as just take some really deep breaths many times a day, stand up many times a day, you know, um, pet an animal as frequently as you can, right. Hug a kid, whatever. Like there is, there's, it, it's it's sad that it's just all the simple things, um, but we're you know we're built to handle a lot of stress and hold it for a long time, and it kills us. It kills us eventually, just not right away, and that's because we're built to be able to do it. So yeah, that's a great one. Everyone breathe. Okay, I'm breathing. Uh, I now. need I need sixty seconds here. The dog is making the whining. I've got to go out, or I'm going to poop on the floor. And do it. Go. I'll be right back. Go get it. Go get it. Okay. Bye. Um, all right. Well, Wendy, good stuff as always. And, uh, I think people could, uh, I don't know. I think even if people feel like they're sailing through this, okay, they're probably not, (laughs) you know, not to look if so. Okay. Let me ask you this. If somebody at the end of this whole thing or or combine it with pandemic or political issues or a million other things, or even just this, you know, another recent shooting that just makes us feel like we're never going to get anywhere with that, whatever. If somehow someone's just like, I'm at peace. I I know I know who I am, and I'm good, and I'm at peace. Um, they don't exist, right? I mean, I don't want to act like I know everything, but I don't feel like those people exist. Do they exist, or are they just faking um, it? I think there's a level of of uh, 
what's the word? Self-delusion or we all have it, right? And I think you, it doesn't always get broken. I mean, for example, we all drive around in a car. That is the biggest form of a delusion, right? That we're not at risk. We aren't, our lives aren't going to be snuffed out any second. Like it's a, it's a, it's a delusion we need to live in to function, right? And so we all have it to some extent. And I think people who are really like deflective of anything coming in and just say they feel fine, they might feel fine if they really are deflecting all those things or, and this is why, so people grasp so tightly to the things they think they know is it gives them security, right? And I don't fault anyone for that. So I do think they exist probably, but I, I think most people who are paying attention to anything at all, even if it's not all of it, um, can feel it, mm-hmm. right? And and a, and its impact and just, like, I just don't think there's anyone not touched by it at, at this point, right? Like, I mean, maybe some super old people who aren't online. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or if they're completely, maybe. you know, deep into whatever, you know, maybe they've got dementia now and they don't, you know, I kind of envy yeah, them in a way. It's lucky. like, oh, man, mm-hmm. at least you're not dealing with this. Like, I want to be a little kid. Yeah. I want to be three. You know, Van has no idea all this stuff. Yeah. He has no right. idea. But you know what he does know? Here's the thing, though. I say that, but I know what he does know. He mm-hmm. knows mm-hmm. he can see it in his mom's eyes. Mm-hmm. He can he can feel yeah. it. He knows something's up, but he doesn't know what or how to define it or how to you know put a put a put a label on it. But he but he still feels it. So yeah, I don't. I just, uh, we gotta we gotta get better at like admitting first of all, admitting that we you know that we're not infallible or we're not impenetrable or whatever. And then just be better at supporting each other and then just not get defensive and back yourself in a corner and act like you got it all figured out. I don't know. And double down. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and one of the reasons to do that, people do that, like, and this is what's so tricky is that, you know, there's private changes and there's public changes, you know, that are are very different. you know, people can say, Oh, you need, Kids need more, they need their parents to love them and they need access to, you know, whatever, like some, like whatever you want to deflect from, so you don't have to face the thing that you are into, right? Mm-hmm. Or the thing that you want to defend and you think you have all the, the answers, like nobody has any of the answers, like, and that's the problem is that we just can't get to the same page very easily, but on the individual level, right? Like. If you think about it, if you can't have a conversation with a loved one, it's really hard to imagine having conversations with people you already hate, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's tricky. There, Anna Sale does that podcast, Death, Sex, and Money, and she just finished a book. She's called, great. And basically, like how to have the hard conversations. And I just listened to her on a podcast, and she's just like, I don't even know. Yeah. Like you can tell she's like, I mean, I'm trying, but it's just, it's, it's so tough. And I think, I think that's what's so hard is that takes a lot out of us to have some of those hard conversations. So really, I mean, it's just a hard time to live. I was thinking, you know, at kids schools, they always do the decades things where it's like, it's the eighties. Now it's the nineties. Okay. Now we're the sixties. I was like, Oh, one day are they going to do the 20, 2020s? Kind of like, yeah. I'm going to school and it, like I'm a dumpster on fire, you know. <laughs> right. Look, I'm a I'm a virus. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's the worst. I'm I'm dead people. I mean, it's so bad. I yeah. hate it so yeah. much. Anyway, yeah. So I think you know when we look back at uh, the greatest generation, which I love how they name themselves that. But um, 
just they, the idea they did of name like, themselves that, didn't they? They did. Yeah. They went through a lot of stuff. They did. And they fought they, hard, they and turned, I appreciate a lot of it for sure. They did, and they 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 did it pretty quietly. They didn't do. My advice was not the advice they got or took, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there ever people have been through hard things collectively before. We will somehow get through. That's what I just keep saying. We, we can do it. <laughs> But in the meantime, watch some Netflix and have some ice cream. Okay. There we go. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Make some, bread. Make some bread. Make some eat, bread. Go back to those hobbies that then, we picked up. Uh, then eat that ago, bread. Because that, that bread is good. Eat it. Eat that bread. All right. Wendy, uh, always a pleasure. Um, we'll do this again next week. And um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe next week is our, we'll talk about dealing with shootings again. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to do. I hate it. Uh, but I do like talking to you. Is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, yeah, no, nothing. I need to go. <laughs> all right. You go go do your thing, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. All right. Talk to you guys. See you, Wendy. Oh, I cut her off, and I went, guy, at the end. That's all right. You do that to everybody, and now it's just it just becomes something that we all expect. Yeah, and, may as well be uh, people I'm related to. It's fine. Might as well be, exactly. Might as well be family. Not an issue. Um, all right. We're going to get out of here, but hey, Brian, uh, Coverville, yes, when sir. is it? There will be one today, as a matter of fact, what? Scott. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. Celebrating the birthdays of, uh, well, Roland Giff, Susie Sue, and uh, Noel Gallagher. So, Fine Young Cannibals, Susie and the Banshees, and Oasis. Uh. We'll see if we can keep all of those people from fighting with one another at twitch.tv slash Coverville, 1 p.m. Mountain Time. And um, uh, really, it's going to be one set of Fine Young Cannibals and Banshees, Susie and the Banshees, mixed up, and then... Uh, all of the like Oasis for the last two sets. Wow. I've got a lot of Oasis covers. Fun. Um, I don't know if you just saw this. Uh, I guess Ray Liotta passed Ray away. Ray Liotta passed away. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. I didn't want to. Listen, last thing I wanted to do was bring it up during Wendy's segment and <laughs> yeah. have one more thing. One that- more thing. <laughs> Let's see. He was in yeah. the Dominican Republic filming something and uh, died at 67 in his sleep. No foul play. No, no weirdness. Just mm. died. That's how I want to go, by the way, is in my sleep. Not necessarily at 67, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. I want to go in your sleep, too. Yeah. Would you like to go in my sleep? Mm-hmm. I want to go in your sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, last time you went in my sleep, you were a head, uh, head on, a, on a chair. <laughs> it was a head on a rolling chair, like yeah. an office chair or something. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's still one of the strangest things ever. Anyway, I may have to watch yeah, Goodfellas sure. or something just to... There we go. Watch something wild. That's something... Uh, a movie that a lot of people forget about. And it was so damn good. Jeff Daniels, Melanie Griffith, and maybe my favorite Melanie Griffith performance of all time, and Ray Liotta. And if something wild is is airing, is streaming anywhere, man, put that oh, one. Oh, yeah. 86. That was a while. Like, that was an old one, but I thought it was the newer than that. The first time I ever saw Queen Latifah anywhere doing anything. Wow. I like her, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's one of those movies where it's like uh, every possible possible bad thing that happens happens one right after another. <laughs> dang man, I guess his uh, daughter's acting and doing some cool stuff. Uh, oh. I have to follow her, and I also just I, for whatever reason I think I Ray Liotta for two things. I think Goodfellas, which is an amazing mm-hmm. movie I could sure. watch any time of the day, any any time of the night, and then I always think of him having his brain eaten by. Um, What's oh, his name? Hannibal Lecter. And Hannibal Lecter. Yes, yeah. right. While he's while he's alive and conscious. Yeah, while he's there talking and trying Didn't to do even, stuff. Even like take a bite of his own brain. Yeah, yeah. He ate his own yeah. brain. He fried it up and ate his own brain. Yes. Oh, yes. it is a it is rough man. Yeah. Uh, that was the one that. So um, watch that fun movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one Ridley Scott directed. 
I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think it was just called Hannibal. I don't remember. Anyway, good times. Uh, let's move on and get out of here. Uh, Patreon.com slash TMS is how the show is supported. If you want to check out all the ways you can and why it's cool, check it out. Patreon.com slash TMS. If you're looking for all the other things about this show that you'll ever need, all of it's listed at the website at frogpants.com slash TMS. And you know what? We have a lot of things going on, so it's a lot of things in that list, but it's all there. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. Just hunt around, read the words, click the yeah. buttons. You're good. All right. That's right. Uh, let's get out of here with a song. What do you got? Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, Jay Fantastic a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago. Uh, He wrote in, listen, he says, Brian and Scott, I'm going to be 45 damn years old on May 28th. That is uh, Sunday. And I don't like it. Last I checked, (laughs) I was 15. Could you please play any cover by my favorite band, Faith No More, to make the day go down a little easier? Thank you. And can I get a Pepto-Bismol diarrhea? Oh, yeah, you can get this first. And then you get this. Diarrhea. There you go. Love it. Uh, It says, love the snow globe. Signed, Jay Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, Open Micers. You got to go check out his podcast, Open Micers. Uh, It's a lot of fun. I was on there a couple weeks ago, and it was such a blast. Oh, 20th of Saturday. That's right. It's two days from now. Tomorrow's Friday. For some reason, I thought today was Friday. Uh, Okay. How about a cover by Faith No More? This one was an easy choice, mostly because it's the song called Easy, and I'm surprised I haven't played it before on this show, but covering uh, the song by the Commodores made popular by Lionel Richie. Um, here is easy by faith. No more. Uh, very nice. Okay. Quick schedule note. Uh, just a reminder, no PM tomorrow. Brian will be traveling. Um, I'm going to do kind of some kind of stream. Don't know what it'll be. Probably art or Carter. I don't know. We're, we're talking about game stuff. Stream or something. maybe a yep. game stream. Who knows? Um, film sack is happening this weekend, but it will happen on Monday. Uh, so the holiday weekend, mm-hmm. I should say, so you'll get it on Monday after we record because Brian will be back. Right. And uh, play date right after that. We'll be playing Among Us, hopefully with uh, Dunaway and, and, and friends. So uh, yeah, come. Well, definitely hopefully, with Dunaway and friends. Yeah. Oh, Randy that's, hangs that's around, too. I'm in. not sure what his, his schedule is. Yeah, but, I don't know about Randy. Yeah, he knows. he's got he's a move He's going to be playing woman. betas of that new Warcraft game. Let Probably. him go do that. Yeah. Why don't you yeah. do that or go move? Maybe we'll let move. him play our game if he lets us play his game. Yeah. Move Catwoman. I've moved Catwoman. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's the plan. Uh, lots of other stuff in between. Core tonight at uh, 5 p.m. Mountain. So come watch Core if you can live or get the podcast after. Got a lot to talk about with the boys tonight. So check that out and lots of other stuff. That's going to do it. Thank you all for listening. Brian, have a safe trip, by the way. Oh, thank you, sir. And we'll see you guys soon. Turn the lights on.
The Bonnets. Shit. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows <laughs> like this <laughs> at frogpants.com. Penis pickle. Penis pickle. Great. <laughs>